scripture reading this afternoon will be from Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Good evening. It is a blessing to be together this Lord's Day to come to worship God. And if you have your Bibles open to Philippians chapter 4, the text that we just read, I would call your attention specifically to verse 6 there. When the Apostle Paul was writing and he was talking about sort of the idea of opposite of anxiety, of what we need to do when we are anxious. And he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's so important to recognize what Paul is trying to convey here is that God is always present. God is always near to us. He is always ready to hear our prayers and our petitions the thoughts that we have to bring before God in His throne. And Paul says that whenever we might be tempted to be anxious and worry about all the things in life that bring us trouble and worry, he says we need to remember in prayer with thanksgiving. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a a Bible scholar, if you will, he once said in ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give. And that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. The importance of gratitude, having a thankful heart, is so important. Appreciate the song that we were led in. Count your many blessings and name them one by one. That is such an important practice for us to put into our life to be able to see all of God's blessings and riches that we have been given in life. And sometimes those things go underappreciated and even unnoticed and especially unnamed. And yet the Bible teaches that it's important for us to practice this what we would call thanksgiving. And yes, later in this week, we will, as a nation, we will pause and, and give a day that we call thanksgiving. And we eat a, a lot of food, we might watch a lot of football, and we might do a lot of sleeping that day, and taking some naps. And while that has become a celebration with friends and family around the dinner table, watching parades or movies, the importance of Practicing gratitude, expressing our thanks to God is a biblical one. It is an important thing that we do to stop and give pause 
and thank our Creator, expressing the gratitude of the blessings that He has given us. And the Bible teaches that this one of the primary expressions of gratitude is thankfulness in our prayers that we offer to God. We should always be thankful and express gratitude through prayer because Jesus taught us that we should always pray. In the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 18, in Luke the 18th chapter, I want to, us to look at some of the teachings of Jesus here in this chapter. It's an important chapter in which He gives a couple of parables on this occasion to help us understand what true prayer ought to look like. And in verse 1, Luke tells us now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. That when life brings its worries and its troubles, it's easy to lose heart, it's easy to lose concentration, it's easy to lose focus. But the remedy to that is prayer. And Jesus wants us to see that. And so He gives this parable on prayer. And He talks about this wicked, evil ruler, this king or governor, who is just a terrible man. He is an unjust, wicked person. And then you have this widow who comes to Him constantly, daily, pleading with Him, bringing her petition before Him. And eventually this unjust ruler gives in to the pleadings of this widow. And Jesus, He then comes to the conclusion that in verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for His elect who cry to Him day and night, and will He delay long over them? I tell you that He will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? Jesus is trying to get us to see is that if this unjust, wicked person who was being begged day in and day out constantly by this widow, even if this wicked man would hear this petition and give in and, and give her what she was asking, how much more so is a fair and righteous and good God going to recognize the pleas and the petitions of those who have faith? And that's why Jesus there at the end connects this with faith. Will He find faith on the earth? That prayer comes from a heart of faith. Jesus he is wanting us to recognize the importance of praying. That even whenever things might grow difficult, when things might grow hard, we should still be praying, even whenever it might look as if no one cares. We need to still turn to God in prayer. That's why in earlier in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus gave a model prayer for His disciples to follow. In Luke chapter 11, and in verse 1, His disciples come to Him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. That they desired to learn how to pray. And Jesus gave the model prayer. It varies a little bit with what we typically quote sometimes from the Gospel of Matthew. It is slightly different. But in verse 2, He said to them, When you pray, say, 
Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And what Jesus is trying to get us to see is that our life is a full dependence upon God. Our very existence. And we need to stop and appreciate that. For what it is that we and we need to be thankful and great and we need to have a certain amount of gratitude that we are not going through this life alone. That even whenever we pray for our food, it's our daily bread that God is providing for us on a daily basis. That God gives us daily blessings, even in the smallest of things that we take for granted. And prayer is able to strengthen us and focus our attention on a daily basis that we might focus our heart and our mind upon serving God. And I think this brings us to another critical point about prayer. And that is God wants us to pray to Him. God wants us to pray. Continue reading here in Luke chapter 11 and in verse 9. After Jesus talks about the, the model prayer and gives this to His disciples, He says in verse 9, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. I want you to just stop and just see what Jesus is trying to teach us here. Is that God not only wants us to pray, I think it's actually that God wants to answer our prayers. Now sometimes we may not get what we pray for because we might be praying for the wrong thing. That certainly is a possibility. Or we might be like Paul where we are praying that the thorn in the flesh might be removed from us. We might be begging and pleading on multiple occasions and still what happens? It's not going to be removed. God's grace is sufficient. The answer to our prayers might not always be what we want. But I think whenever we recognize God and what He is inclined to do or what He desires to do, It's that whenever we ask, He wants to give. When we seek, He wants to be found. When we knock, He wants to open that door. His desire is to answer our prayers. I think that's something that we need to stop and just again be thankful for. That God wants us to not only pray to Him, but He wants to answer our petition. Jesus goes on there in Luke chapter 11 and in verse 11, He says, now suppose one of you, fathers, is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? No. So how much more so is God going to want to give to us as his children the request that we might have to bring to him? God wants us to pray. He wants us to pray at all times. He wants us to pray on a daily basis to be dependent upon Him, but He also wants to hear and answer our petitions. 
So, as we might think sometimes, we might speak about prayer. And I think sometimes we have difficulty expressing exactly what should we pray for. What is a good prayer? And I I believe firmly that we need to read Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11. And the prayers that Jesus gives as instructional prayers, model prayers, that's a good prayer. That's a, a prayer that has many excellent components that we could use and implement into our daily prayer life and our practice of praying to God. But I think also we can look at a few other examples that might help us see what we ought to pray for and how we ought to pray. Some components to good prayers. I think one is that we begin with praise. Praise for God. Recognizing God for who He is and for what He has accomplished in our life. In the book of Nehemiah, in the Old Testament, Nehemiah is the cupbearer for the king under the Persian rule. And in Nehemiah, he was a Jew who had been taken captive and he was a servant in the king's household. And in Nehemiah chapter 1 and in verse 5, after he has heard about the things that are going on back in Judea and Jerusalem and how the walls of Jerusalem are still broken down, he begins to pray. And he says in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 5, I said, I beseech you, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love Him and keep His commandments. Just notice the language there. He says, the God of heaven. He describes God praising Him for the great and awesomeness that He possesses, how He is faithful to do what He says. And He follows that up with repentance, with confession of sin. He says in verse 6, let your ear now be attentive and let your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, which I am praying before you now, day and night, on behalf of the sons of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you. I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. He says, we have violated your law. Doesn't he? He says, we have violated your law. We have broken the commandment. We are guilty. We need to pray like Nehemiah does when we sin. We don't need to beat around the bush. We need to be willing to say, God... I have acted corruptly. We have acted corruptly. We have sinned. I have sinned. Whatever we might be saying and however our prayer might be worded, we need to take ownership of the things that we have done which are wrong. Because we are approaching a God who knows what we have done. We might be able to deceive others, but we will not be able to deceive God. As we already mentioned in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, which we'll have some more to say about, we need to include thanksgiving. We need to be thankful. We need to have gratitude for 
what we have been given in life. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 2, a very important text about prayer and how we ought to pray and who we ought to pray for. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 1, he says, First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Now we need to pray for others, for other people. We need to involve requests for others. That's something that we need to do on a regular basis. We need to pray that others might have strength, that others might be able to serve the Lord, that we might be able to continue to serve God. And then we need to include supplications. In the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 5, we have when the example of Jesus whenever He was praying in the garden. In Hebrews chapter 5 and in verse 7, the Hebrew writer says, talking about Jesus in the days of His flesh, He offered up both prayers and supplications the idea of a supplication is an urgent request exclusively made to God, knowing that only God can hear and answer this prayer. That Jesus, He offered prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save Him from death. And He was heard because of His piety, because of His godly fear. He was heard. Jesus was heard. Prayer needs to involve supplications. We need to recognize that there are going to be some things that only God can provide for us. And the strength that we need in a moment is only going to come from the Lord. And we need to include those kinds of supplications in our prayers. You might think of other examples of men who pray Jesus, in, in Luke chapter 11, He teaches us how to pray. I would encourage you to go read Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9 includes a, a prayer very similar to Nehemiah's. In Nehemiah chapter 1, go read those prayers back to back and you will see the fervency of godly men who are praying before God. Or the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 3, in the last seven or eight verses of that chapter, beginning about verse 14, Paul there, he prays a very impassioned prayer on behalf of all the saints. If we could only pray as half as good as those men are able to pray, then I think we would all be doing Extremely, extremely well. And so, prayers of thanksgiving are prayers that thank God for the previously answered prayers and the blessings that we have received. And Paul, he tries to get us to see that in life, as Christians, we need to be devoted to prayer. That this ought to be a practice, a spiritual discipline that we practice day in and day out on a regular and a consistent basis that we pray. The saints are supposed to be 
prayerful. In the book of Colossians, in Colossians chapter 4, and in verse 2, notice what Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to us a door for the Word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Paul, he's not only wanting and saying that Christians need to be devoted to prayer, he's saying, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, the passage that we read a few moments ago where he talks about how we need to be praying for on, on behalf of all men. While it's important for us to pray for one another within the body of Christ, we also are to be a good neighbor to others. That we are to love others. And we are to pray for them. Pray on the behalf of all men. And for kings. And for all who are in authority. No matter how much we agree with them or disagree with them, we need to be praying those that we disagree with, we probably ought to think that we need to pray for them even more. <laughs> we need to pray for people who even we might disagree with. And we need to be thankful for the benefits that we receive from them. Because that we might have that tranquil and quiet life that we can live in godliness and in all dignity. The book of Revelation shows us in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 7, as we kind of get a scene behind the curtains, if you will, into heaven. In Revelation chapter 7 and in verse 12, it has here the four living creatures that and the elders that are there that are pictured in heaven, that they are all saying, Amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And the picture that we are seeing is that all creatures, all created beings are giving praise and thanksgiving to God for their existence. We give thanksgiving to God for our very existence. That all creatures ought to be praising God. We owe it to the Lord for our very life and breath and existence. And we need to give thanks to God. And it's interesting that as you read in the New Testament, that prayer and thanksgiving are two Acts that are intimately connected. In Philippians chapter 4 and Colossians chapter uh, 4 and those passages that we've already looked at a couple of times this evening, prayers and thanksgiving are connected. They're associated with one another. That in the New Testament that we express our thanksgiving through our prayer to God. The Old Testament, interestingly, 
It also emphasizes the need for thanksgiving. But it takes a, a bit more of a generalized approach that thanksgiving is an attitude that motivates us to worship God. In the book of Psalms, in Psalm 50, in Psalm 50, and in verse 14, in Psalm 50 and in verse 14, Psalmist says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Skipping down to verse 23, the very last verse of that psalm, he says, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. That sacrifice and thanksgiving are so associated with each other as a compelling reason to worship God. And also, our singing is filled with thanksgiving in the Psalms, in Psalm 69. In Psalm 69 and in verse 30. In Psalm 69 and in verse 30, the psalmist says here, I will praise the name of God with song and magnify Him with thanksgiving. Again, in Psalm 147, in Psalm 147, and in verse 7, the psalmist says, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises to our God on the lyre. And thanksgiving is associated with sacrifice and singing. And I love how the Hebrew writer brings those ideas together in Hebrews chapter 13. In the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 13. And he says in verse 15, the Hebrew writer does, in Hebrews chapter 13 and in verse 15, Through Him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to His name. That when we open our mouth, to praise God, whether it be in our prayers or in our singing, we are giving thanks to God. Our worship to God is a response to God's blessings and to His provisions. That's one of the reasons that we even desire to worship is because we are thankful to God. It's not showing up very well. Apologize for that. Tonight, it's important that as we think about prayer, that we actually not just pay lip service to it, but that we actually put this into practice. On an individual level, we, I urge you this week, especially while given the nature of the week and the holiday that is approaching, focus your life and your day praying to God. But also on a congregational level, I want us this evening to pray together and offering a few prayers of thanksgiving. And I want to express my thankfulness and my appreciation for 
some of the men that I have collaborated with this week and their willingness to come to the microphone tonight to lead us in prayers of thanksgiving. We're going to spend the last few moments of our of the sermon time, if you will, to pray to God. And we are going to first... Slides aren't going to be any good, I don't think, for you. I'm sorry. But the first one that we are going to offer this evening is going to be on behalf of our shepherds, our elders, the men who oversee us. And so if you would, bow with me in a word of prayer. Our great and loving Father in heaven, we are so thankful for this day and this hour that you have given us in our life up to this very moment. We are thankful for this time that we've had to worship you. And Father, it is at this time that we come to you expressing our thankfulness and our gratitude for your infinite plan and your wisdom in giving us the church and blessing us with it through Jesus and His sacrifice, and that You have provided order for the church, that You have saw, saw fit to give us leadership and direction so that we're not left to wander around aimlessly. We're thankful for the men who are our shepherds here at Westside. We're thankful for their willingness to serve we are thankful for their qualifications that they have exemplified and lived out. We are thankful for their commitment to following you. We are so thankful that we have men who have devoted their life to serving you and seeking to help us as well. We know that their heart, their job is hard and difficult at times. We know that they have a great obligation to watch over our souls and to care for us and to protect us and feed us with Your Word. We are so thankful for them. And Father, we would ask that You would continue to bless them, continue to give them wisdom and strength to diligently serve You and to help us. We thank You for their examples that they live in their life. We thank You for their families, their wives and their children that are an aid and a strength to them. We are so thankful that they, are, they have support around them that give them a foundation in a opportunity to serve as well. Father, we are we ask that you would help us to also focus on the future as well. That we might be training up another generation that might follow in their footsteps. That would seek to put you first and that would seek to devote their lives to You in faithful service, that they too might one day be able to serve as elders 
the Lord's church. We thank you for your plan. We thank you for these men. We'd ask that you would continue to bless us through them, that you would continue to bless them in their service to the church. We ask all these prayers and petitions in your Son's most holy name. Amen. We'll now be praying in regards to evangelism. Would you bow with me? Our Father and our God, we are so thankful for the opportunities we've had to learn of your word, to learn about you, to come to know you, and to participate in that grand plan of salvation that you've prepared for us. Lord, we're thankful for those who have taught us, those who have shared your word with us, whether it be family or friends or strangers, we've We've benefited immeasurably from coming to learn your word. We're so very thankful for those who have aided us in that regard. Lord, we ask that you'd help us to be that blessing for others. We ask that you'd help us to recognize the opportunities that you present us with, that we can share your word with others. Give us a love of our friends and family around us to care for their souls enough that we'll be willing to open our mouths and speak, whether it's comfortable or not. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity this gives us to, in some small way, pay back and assist you helping your kingdom here on earth. We ask that You'd help us to live our lives in such a way that our lives can also be a form of evangelism, showing others around us that your way is best. Lord, we know at times that we fall short in this. and Perhaps we might not speak up when we ought to or we might not recognize an opportunity until it's passed. Lord, we ask for discernment and wisdom to recognize the opportunities you create for us. We ask, Lord, for your forgiveness in cases where we might shrink back. Lord, we are so thankful for those who have taught us, those who have had the courage to share your word with us, we again thank you for the opportunity to share your word with others. Help us to always be looking for ways we can grow and, and do better, speak more effectively. Help us to find ways that we can speak in a way that will motivate those around us to help them to seek you as, as we have learned to. We know, Lord, that it is only through you that we have a hope of salvation. Help us to keep that in the forefront of our minds that we might be more motivated to share it with others. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.
We'll now have a prayer for our physical health. Let us pray. Our dear God and Father in heaven, we come to you in prayer with humble hearts, thanking you for all your physical blessings given to each of us. Our food, our homes, our shelter, and our family. Thankful to you for our health and giving us life. Thankful for your healing of our number who have been sick. And pray for those who have ongoing health issues. Asking that you continue to give them comfort. And if it be your will, they be returned to pain-free health. We're thankful and encouraged for those who continue to struggle with ongoing health issues. Thankful for their good example and their attitude as they continue to faithfully serve you. We ask that you continue to watch over each of us, that we will always serve you in word and deed, giving you all glory and honor. We're especially thankful for your son and his great sacrifice. In his name we pray, amen. Uh, if you would join me, we're going to pray to give thanks for our spiritual blessings. <laughs> Dear great, almighty Father, we recognize that, that only you are good. We recognize that you are the creator of life and hope, and that without you we are dust, that you are almighty and our Father, and that the entire universe is in the breadth of your hand, and yet you are mindful of us, Father. We want to give you thanks. We thank you for choosing us and making a plan for our redemption before time even began, for leading others to recognize you throughout time and leading Israel and being patient with Israel so that we might know Christ, so that we might receive that instruction and so that it might bridge um, our minds to you so that we could become more holy, more sanctified. We thank you for sending your son, your only begotten son, that he might be humbled, that he might be murdered for our sins so that our sins could be washed away. We thank you for, for bridging the divide that we have created with our sin, for crafting a plan of salvation so that we might be right with you. We thank you also that as you sent your son, that, that he was Emmanuel. He was an incarnate version of you so that we might know you, that we might know your will for our lives. We thank you for the written word that we have so that we can 
put your will into our hearts and so that we can live every day saying, let thy will be done. And we thank you for the chance to be the conduits through which your will is done on earth as it has been in heaven, Father. We thank you for the chance to to call you Father, that you you reached out and redeemed us from, from Egypt, from Babylon, and, and adopted us so that we could be your children. We thank you that, that as your children we get to have hope of an eternal home, that we get to have a peace which allows us to transcend the darkness of the world around us. We thank you for hearing our prayers, for turning your face towards us and allowing us to not just speak our mind to you, but to come boldly before your throne, Father. We who are so lowly and you are so great, but yet you desire to hear our voices. And Father, we thank you for this spiritual family that we are a part of, this brotherhood and this sisterhood that we follow the example of your firstborn son, and yet we get to soldier together, that we, we understand that when one falls, uh, another can lift him up, and that a, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Father, we, we thank you that we get to bind ourselves to others so that our cord to you is not broken, so that we do not lose what you have given to us, our salvation and our, our hope. We thank you for the fact that in every temptation you give us a way out, that you are providentially looking over us, giving us comfort and giving us understanding if we are willing to take advantage of the, the means that you give us, Father. We, we thank you for these wonderful things, and we ask that you help us to be wise to hold fast to those things and to share them freely with those things around us, that we give you thanks that these things were given to us freely and that we can multiply them to all those around us, Father. Again, we thank you for the great, great many gifts that you've given us, above all which we thank you for the gift of your Son. In his name we pray. Amen. sometimes forget that prayer is a vital connection between us and God, between heaven and earth. We don't need to take prayer lightly. We need to remember the blessings that we have been given in life. We ought to take time to thank God for His faithfulness, and for His righteousness, and for all that He has done for us. And so I, again, want to express my appreciation to the men who were quick to uh, say yes when I asked them. Uh, I had a, a lengthy list of men that I might need, and the first one said yes, so I, I was very thankful for, for them and being able to put this service together. As we count our blessings, we name them one by one. 
That is part of our prayer, praise, and thanksgiving to God. And one of the greatest blessings that we have is the salvation from God. In Psalm 50 and verse 23, a verse that we read and referenced a little while ago, it says, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. One of the greatest things that we have to be thankful for is God's salvation through Jesus Christ. Tonight, we want to extend to you the Lord's invitation to come to know His salvation. That if you are still in your sins, if you have never come to Christ in faith, we want you to come back to Him before it's eternally too late. If you need to come in faith and repentance to be washed in baptism, we're prepared to help you do that tonight. Maybe it is that you are a child of God, but you've left the Lord, you've been unfaithful, you've not been serving Him as you should. We urge you and plead with you to come back to Him now before it's too late. If we can help you in some way, would you come now as we stand and as we sing? How long has it been since you walked with the world and hold in your heart hidden secrets? How long since you prayed? How long since you stayed on your knees till the light shone through? How long has it been since your mind felt at ease? How long since your heart knew no burden? Oh, if you're friend, how long has it been since you knew that he cared for you? How long has it been since you knew by your bed and prayed?
has it been since you knew that he cared for you? Please be seated. You have just a few announcements before our closing hand in prayer. Um, so out of town, we have Dennis and Vicki Westbrook, and Tom and Mary Steinkirchner, Alice Smith, and then Mer Mark and Ariel Westbrook. Um, and then Sherman and Cynthia McCoy will be leaving Wednesday. Then our sick, we have Linda Eggert. And uh, as far as I know, she's recovering at home. Um, and then the prayers for those in need, we have Ken and Jane Cox, uh, Sherman and Cynthia McCoy and Rex Robinson, and then Joe Blount's